3: Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine.
4: Love at first sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too.
0: Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions.
4: Help! I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio
2: podcast.
3: Hey,
4: welcome to Help! I Suck at Dating. I'm Jared. Hey, Haven. everybody, welcome to
2: Help! I Suck at Dating. It's and, great to uh, have you. Yeah, no, it's here just here me today. by myself today. It such a, it's good such times, a pleasure. It is. And, uh, I'm just so
4: hanging uh, out uh, with Ungler my, my here joined Lois by the Ever lovely, uh, Jared I'm Haven good times. and Maybe we'll have Dean come on the podcast. Oh, you stop talking! <laughs> I wonder how annoying that is for listeners right there as we talk over should each we other. Should we record an alternate intro? No, I think we'll that's great. That
2: in. We should keep that in, but let's just give an alternate intro just to just for all intents and purposes. Uh, all right, you go. All right, you, no, you go.
4: Hey, welcome to Help by Sucking. Hey, a everybody! I knew he Help was going to do that. Why do thing. I? Why do I do these things? Why am I so gullible?
2: You knew it. I could tell, by the way, you were looking at me that you knew something was up. I knew you were going to talk. I
4: I knew it. Anyway, welcome to Help I Suck at Dating. We have a great episode coming up. Uh, We have Hannah Burner. Coming up from her comedy tour, The House Broken Tour, which you can get dates and tickets. We'll, we'll share the information, but you can get it at www.hannaburner.com. That's B-E-R-N-E-R. We're very excited for her to come on the podcast. She's very funny. First, we have to obviously talk about Bachelor in Paradise. Dean, you and I are both alums of this show. There's some crazy stuff happening. Do you have any initial thoughts? Have you been watching? Oh, well, I got to ask before we even start talking about this, Jared. Have you been watching? He Actually, yeah, I watched both episodes this week. I did so well.
2: Thank you. Because yeah. uh, the, the, when I say that. Kaylin gets me excited about watching The Bachelor. I, I can't ever confidently say that. But she gets me excited about watching Bachelor. Really? Parents. And this season. This season is like it's it's entertaining. I almost like. Good. I almost like would watch it by myself. Even if she wasn't around. Um, It's been good. It's been entertaining. It's been like obviously super drama filled. So I guess maybe that's why we're. Why I'm super into it. But yeah, I mean. I've been I've been excited for every Monday and Tuesday of the week just to watch Bachelor in Paradise. I want to say I'm embarrassed, but I'm not I'm not embarrassed.
4: No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be embarrassed. I'm not. We were on the show. That's way worse than watching the show. Okay, (laughs) that's a really good point. That's a really good point. First and foremost, uh, Joe and um, oh, my Serena. No, uh, Joe and Kendall. I don't know why I had Kelly on the mind. Joe and Kendall, your thoughts. I
2: I see both sides of it. Um I didn't love seeing Kendall come down to the beach, but it's not it wasn't it's not her fault. You know, Joe came down to the beach too, so it's not like we can point the finger at Kendall and it just so happens that Joe came down first and so he kind of gets like the benefit of the doubt in that sense. So, I see both sides of it. I don't think anyone is to blame. Um I don't think that there are any It seems like Joe's over it entirely. It seems like Kendall maybe isn't
4: i think kendall's much more into joe than joe's into kendall right now and it breaks my heart because i feel this is an example of two wonderful people who just didn't work out who didn't make it in a relationship and it sucks because usually in a relationship you have one person to blame more than the other where this one i just feel so bad for them both because i love kendall and joe equally and i both think they're incredible people and so like seeing them hurt over this it's just like oh please get back together because like i can't emotionally take this and i just want you guys to be happy and it's totally apparent to me that kendall's much more into joe than joe's into kendall and i just wish that she went down there with the intent of either being with joe or dating other people i think that was her only fault because she went down there with Hmm. apparently the mindset of well i still have feelings for joe but I am here to possibly date other people too, but I want to see if the door's still closed on Joe. And I wish that she went down there with the intent that you had. This is why I tell everybody. Because what you did so well, rightfully so, was when you left, you came back to Paradise, and you were like, I'm only here for Kaylin. I'm only leaving here with Kaylin. I'm not staying. And that was such a great move and such a romantic one. And you looked great, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But appreciate that with kendall i just wish that she went down and said joe i know that i said you know i didn't want to move to chicago and that we were done but i still have feelings i miss you in my life i want you in my life i'm willing to give chicago a try if you leave with me right now or she goes down there and says joe you know i'm never moving to chicago i i want to move on and i felt like moving on i could do it in paradise it might have been the best place for me to move on but instead it's like this middle ground where i'm like well do you want to be with joe or do you want to date other people because you kind of want to be with joe but also you're staying in paradise to maybe see if somebody else comes down the stairs and you can't watch joe make out with anybody else it's like you're only gonna
2: hurt yourself right i think jared i think you just walked into the garage grabbed the the biggest thing you could find and nailed it right on the head because (laughs) because when I was watching that whole exchange between them, you know, Kendall comes down, she has a conversation with Joe. First thing I noticed was the chemistry is still there. There's Mm -hmm. no question about it. They they are, they're still bouncing off each other as they used to, but they never, they're talking about why they broke up, but they never addressed how things could be better moving forward. Kendall was never like, I want to move to Chicago. And Joe was never like, Oh, I would totally move back to LA. There was never that conversation. So Kendall came down seemingly wanting to get Joe back, but never providing a solution as to how their relationship would, would not fail like it did last time. So that was my biggest gripe with it. And then also to kind of even reverse a little bit more when Joe was telling Serena about why him and Kendall broke up, he never really, they, they I mean, at least it wasn't aired. They definitely could have had a conversation, but it he never spoke with her and she never spoke with him about, what they would do if they were to leave paradise. Cause I know Serena doesn't live in Chicago. So it's like, if Joe has to be in Chicago and his partner has to be in whatever uh, city they're in, then like, what are they doing? You know, why is Joe going to have another two year relationship with a girl? That's not going to want to move to Chicago. And I don't know if that's true or not. And again, like they definitely could have had that conversation that it just didn't get aired for whatever reason. Um, But it just seems like, something that's so important that they just keep glossing over every single time. But I mean, it's good to see Kendall down there. Uh, I, I feel for her definitely like it'd be tough to go down to paradise and see someone that you're like still kind of like in love with. I think she's definitely still in love with them. They were in love and uh, especially like coming in so late. Like she, she's definitely starting well behind where he started. And so like, what is she going to do? Meet a guy. And that's
4: another bad part. Totally. Because the problem is Joe, I I bet you any money if Kendall was there day one, Joe and Kendall would be dating. Because remember all the feelings that he was having in the beginning about how he didn't want to be there anymore. Everything reminded him of Kendall. Like what what happens if Kendall walked down those stairs while he was going through this time? I feel like there might have been something there. But now Joe has kind of moved on with Serena. They're happy. He's happy. And then Kendall comes walking down. He's like, well, part of my heart has already moved on. So she, like you said, is playing from behind.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just one of those things we'll never know. I will say I love Joe and Serena together. Uh, Joe is a nice guy. Serena, from what I've seen of her, seems like an incredibly uh, sarcastic and like comedic person, which I really appreciate. So they seem to have a very good relationship. Uh, Is it better or worse than Joe's and Kendall's? It's not my decision to make, but uh, so far what we've seen has been good for them, maybe bad for Kendall. But I do want to move on to obviously like the main topic of the most recent week of Bachelor in Paradise is – well, like topic 1A and 1B. So 1A, in my opinion, would be like Brendan and Piper. Yep. 1B would be Chris and Alana and Jasenia. But I do think that the Brendan and Piper thing has kind of like grasped more headlines over the past week or so. So what is your take on that?
4: I think it's all under the umbrella of scheming and talking before going to paradise, you know?
2: Right. But But let's say this, like there was definitely scheming and talking before – uh, okay, let me take that back. There was no scheming, but maybe talking before our paradises. Oh, a thousand like, percent, definitely. But I think that they're like kind of taking it to a, another level. Like they're they're going above and beyond with that kind of stuff.
4: Well, like Brendan and Piper are just lying about it. Like that's I think the most frustrating is. Listen, we have Instagram followers. Instagram followers is really cool. And like when you go on the show, of course, there's a part of you that goes on for the business aspect of it now. Like, I think for us, or for me, Ashley, at least, like when we went on the show, of course, we went on for love, but we went also for the opportunity, the experience to be on TV and to do these incredible things. And like, we didn't really know about Instagram at the time. We just got super lucky. But now I don't blame people to go on the show in part for gathering an Instagram following. Like, it's kind of comes with it a little bit. Where I put the fault on is if you're going to intentionally try to screw someone over and play the game to gain followers on Instagram, get the hell out of here. Nobody's got time for that. And so like, it's like Brendan was intentionally lying to Natasha about their relationship. And then he tried to like play it off like, oh, you had selective hearing. And he pretty much said to her face and behind the scenes that she didn't have any other prospects. And it's like, dude, don't be a jerk. All right, bro. Like, come on, man.
2: So so I agree. I agree with your larger point, but I do think that the biggest issue with what they what Brendan did. Is it Brendan or Brandon? Brendan? Brendan, what Brendan B-R-E. did the biggest thing in my opinion, um, and you definitely touched on this a bit, it's not the scheming is like bad and like frowned upon, but there was so much time between the paradise before this that mm. I kind of can give them a pass. The biggest issue that I have with that guy doing what he did was the things that he did and said to Natasha to like carry his existence on the beach on. Um, like he was gaslighting, he was lying, he was just kind of doing whatever he needed to do. Uh, and then his girl showed up. And then all of a sudden, he's like saying how annoying this other girl was. And it's just like, so, so, so sch- scheming is bad, but it's not the worst thing. And I think the worst thing is, gaslighting and manipulating and being a jerk to someone just so you can eventually get to the point where the person that you are scheming with is showing up
4: a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, listen, there is an element of a game in bachelor in paradise. It's a reality television show. You know, it's very real, real and raw, but of course, like there's producers and there's cameras So like, there's gonna be people that try to play the game, but like to like you said, manipulate Natasha like that, dude. Go to hell if you're gonna do that. Come on, bro. Like, and he know he issued an apology, which is great, and I think you know people should give him the benefit of the doubt with the apology. People learn, people grow, um, and he obviously has to apologize to Natasha first and foremost. And I hope he has already done that privately. Uh, But what makes me very happy is, of course, the internet. Uh, stays undefeated because uh, now Natasha, pretty sure, has like eighty thousand more followers than Brendan, which is a hundred thousand more followers. He started off Paradise like three fifty. I think he's down to two fifty
2: now. I want to say this. I want to. I want to help. I because I haven't talked to anyone about this. <sighs> just to help help me put it into perspective, and and I just think like a conversation about this would be interesting. So. Imagine going on to a reality television show mm-hmm. as we did many times, <laughs> um, that we did. and expecting some sort of like financial benefit to come from it, and then going on that show and realizing every second that you're on that show, you're actually losing a lot of money. You, you know, know what that's I mean? crazy. That is and and i think that he he he's be pioneering this moving forward like because everyone thinks there's no such thing as bad press right like screen time is screen time there's no such thing as bad screen time you look back to like even the most recent season like victoria l the queen she was insufferable but a lot of people were like oh well she had a lot of screen time before she got sent home this brendan scenario brendan piper scenario is setting a precedent for showing everyone that like there actually really is a negative like connotation and, and, and repercussions to going into something like Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette, whatever it is. And if you act poorly, people will make you pay the financial price of like, now you're not going to get as many brand deals. You're going to be labeled as this guy, this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, brands are going to kind of like, you know, have a six foot pole before they even talk to you. So, I mean, I don't envy the guy. I've never seen this happen before. Granted, I'm a newbie to all this kind of stuff. But like, you think you go on TV for whatever reason, for however amount of time you're on TV for one second or 100 seconds, you're going to gain followers. But no, these guys are actively losing followers. And they're on our TVs for hours at a time every single week.
4: Yeah, it's an interesting point. Uh, I I will say, I, I really hope that people do give Brendan and Piper uh, an opportunity to apologize, talk about their actions, see if they've grown from it, see if they've learned from it. Uh, cause I just, I, I, you know, he made a mistake and she made a mistake and I just, I guess I believe in second chances.
2: It's actually funny that we're talking about this now. Cause, uh, and I, I don't know if I should say this, but Kayla and I were at dinner and I like felt bad for Brendan. I, I do. Guess. I feel bad
4: for both of them. I mean, I feel bad most of all for Natasha. That's why I feel bad for most of.
2: Of course, but I don't know why, for whatever reason my heart went out to Brendan. I guess maybe I, I it's just a guy thing, which I hate saying, but like he you know, he knows he messed up. He issued his apology. And yet I'm sure even beyond unfollowing him on social media, people are like messaging him incredibly rude things. Um and not to say that he doesn't deserve it, but no, like just...
4: he doesn't deserve very cruel things like I, I agree right. with you in the sense that I do feel bad for anybody who gets villainized on these shows, because even if they do deserve it or, you know, they deserve the edit that they got. Um, they don't deserve some of the, the messages and what people say, because people are really cruel and it sucks because that's why I never that's why I rarely I don't know if I should say never because I'm pr- I've probably done before respond to trolls on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that, unless it's in a jokey, funny way. But like somebody who's really mean, which is, as you know, a lot of the internet and a lot of comments, you know, I don't really yeah. respond because what I know is that if I respond to it, 50 people are going to respond to that one person. And it's going to feel like we're all ganging up against this one person. And yeah. I never like that because I'm like, listen, as much as this person sucks and I hate what they said, and I want to respond so badly, I know if I do, 50 other people are going to say much worse things than me and say cruel things. And then like, who does that make me? Does that make me really better than this person? Does that make me feel better? And I kind of felt the same way with Chris and Alana, because I mean, sure. Yeah, Chris, I, like when he walked in and told everybody after he accepted the day card that he like announced to everybody, I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to do what I want. And it's like, uh, bro, you don't need to do this. Like you're only making it worse for yourself. Like get the hell out of here. <laughs> And I I don't agree with the way he's handled himself. I don't agree with the way Alana handled herself. I didn't like what they did. I think they were scheming. But like to go back in there and literally have everybody on the beach just go at you, tell you to pack your bags and get the hell out of here. I don't know. I just don't like that feeling of everybody ganging up on one person. Even if that one person is in the wrong, it's just like a little too much for me. And I did not like that moment at all.
2: Well, so, yeah, I appreciate the pivot. And I think we should talk about that for a second, too. I when when I was watching everyone that like, kind of gang up on Chris and, you know, he definitely messed up, but I kept trying I kept putting myself in his shoes and like imagine being there on the beach. He's probably been there for like three days, maybe at this point, And then all of a sudden, like everyone that's been there from the very beginning is like just yelling at you and cursing at you. And like everyone is just in your face and I feel like he's already kind of like the shy, like introverted guy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like everyone is like, get out of here. I as someone who personally doesn't try to put a lot of stock into what people say, like there is no denying that that would be such a hard thing to deal with. A hundred percent. And I felt bad for him, too, when he went back to Alana
4: uh, and uh, he was like, well, I, you know, would you leave with me? she's like Chris I've been here for a day and I was like oh no she yeah. definitely she does not want to be with him she just wants to stay in paradise so I just felt bad for him that's actually
2: I'm glad you bring that up because I remember watching that part too where I would feel like he, he shot himself in the foot by ditching Jasenia and going for Lana and then he shot himself in his other foot when he told Alana that he was gonna leave like if, if you're gonna if you're gonna jump ship to another ship stay on that ship you know, like you've already jumped off the first ship. Everyone is outcasting you. The very least thing you could do is just like ride out that other ship that you just gave up everything else for to be on. That that actually frustrated me. And I, I again, I don't think he deserves any hate that he's getting, but I do think what Chris should have done was say, listen, I've already, my, my eggs are in Alana's basket. You know, like I gave up everything that I had with Jesenia to give a shot with Alana and then all of a sudden he's like no I need to leave the beach and that that proves to me that he didn't know what the heck he was doing you know
4: yeah I just think he was so overwhelmed in the moment he didn't know what the hell to do and you're right as it makes it's it makes me feel bad for Chris you know and even though he did scheme and he was in the wrong and he obviously lied um it just it it makes me feel bad when you go back and watch it. And literally like everybody is just overly mean to him, you know? And, and so you have every right, like Jasenia has every right to be pissed off at Chris because he lied to her and he let her on and he completely flipped the switch. And so I get right. why people would want to have, want to have Jasenia's back. And I completely understand that. And I want them to have Jasenia's back, but to go to the extreme of literally yelling at this guy and screaming at him to get the hell off the beach and pack his bags. It's like, okay, can, can we not be in high school for three seconds? Like I know that he was in high school, but to lower yourself to those standards. So am I supposed to root for you now? I, I mean, I just, I don't know. It just didn't, it wasn't a good feeling for me watching that.
2: Well, and the thing too with it, I think this is maybe why we're, we have such like a visceral reaction to it is, because neither of us could imagine being on, like, the giving side of that type of argument. You know, like, you and I never would have gotten in someone's face and been like, leave the beach. Otherwise, I don't know, something will, something painful will fall upon you. Like, you yeah. and I never would, be, would make someone do that. And I think, I don't know what it is. Maybe by the season of Paradise, tempers are high. Like, maybe Jacenya did a really good job of having everyone kind of jump into her camp. Well, I don't think it was
4: Jasenia. I think Chris did bring it upon himself. Like, it, it was Chris's fault. I agree, but
2: but uh, through the two seasons of Paris I've been on, I don't think there's ever been a cast, a, a collective cast, that would have, like, rained like, the maelstrom upon anyone for anything like they did on Chris. You know what I mean? So, it's like, I, that's that's kind of why I'm a little, like, irked by it, because... Having been through that scenario many times, there's never been that much, like, bigger against anything ever. <laughs> no one's cared that much ever until this past. Well, decade. I mean,
4: what was it? Uh, the Wasn't there a fight, like, between Jordan and somebody else, like a fist fight of oh some Oh, my God, sort? yeah. Uh,
2: Jordan and, um, uh, I can't remember his name, but, yes, they fought. But even after that fight, like... Yeah, we wanted to break them up. But then afterwards, like everyone on the beach was like, we want everyone to be friends. Like there's no reason for us all to be angry at each other. Like no one was being like, Jordan, get off the beach, dude. You're getting in fights. You don't believe yeah. Christian was his name. I'm sorry for misremembering that. No, uh, I mean, yes, eventually they they found their way out. But it wasn't like us banding together and like mm-hmm. voting someone off the island.
4: Yeah, know? I remember one time on season three, Josh Murray, like, I remember there was things going around about Josh Murray because he was dating Amanda Stan at the time. And then he like he he was he collected everybody. And he was the one who's like, if anybody's got something to say, say it to me now. Like I've been hearing all these things. That was the only time, but obviously the roles were reversed because it wasn't a bunch of people ganging up on one person. It was one person collecting everybody and being like, I want to talk to everyone at the same mm-hmm. time. So I agree with you. Like I just Anytime it's like eight against one, I'm like, okay, I he might be in the wrong, but I feel uncomfortable watching this. So that's the feeling I got. But of course, I hope to you, you know, I want her to find love. I'm glad that she's staying in paradise. I hope things work out for her. Obviously, Natasha, I'm really rooting for I'm very happy that Natasha is, you know, gaining so many followers on Instagram throughout this entire time, because it's really funny. And also, She's just a great person who I want to support. So I'm glad people are following her. She actually, I remember I was talking to Ashley about this. She, uh, on a podcast a few months ago, uh, somebody mentioned, she apparently was talking about Ashley and I and saying that we were um, twin flames. And she was just saying some really nice things about us. And and I've, you know, I've met her a couple of times and she's great. So I'm really glad Natasha is being supported through this time.
2: You know, on that note, actually, my brother at his wedding during his vows said that him and his wife, Ashley, are twin flames. Oh, okay. There we go. There you go. A little bit of full circle. Um, We are going to take a quick break before we get to our guest, Hannah Burner. But before we get there, I want to say one more thing about Paradise, something that I've really enjoyed and I didn't expect to enjoy. In fact, I um, am a little upset with myself for going into this with the wrong interpretation. Oh kenny has been an absolute dream he has been the coolest nicest funniest hottest guy on the beach and it's not i never had like ill feelings towards him but i was indifferent towards him especially after his season of bachelorette but he has just absolutely blown me away he's so cool he's so nice he's like so composed and mature and he's very hot um yeah i I just wanted to say that so so yeah, so Kenny, if you're listening to this, me and Jared just want to say thank you for being just like the cool guy.
4: Another guy that I think is really cool throughout this entire situation, Ivan. He doesn't get as much love, love as he should. I think I like Ivan a lot.
2: I agree. I agree. I think the only reason I bring up Kenny is just because Kenny's kind of been in the mix a little bit more. Ivan was like in it early on. He's kind of just been a little neutral ever since. But that's I agree. why I feel Ivan's bad. Great.
4: I want to like. I yeah. I don't want Ivan to get lost.
2: Right, right. He's not going to get lost in the mix. At least on Help, I Suck at Dating, Ivan is always way up there in our hearts. Anyways, I'm sorry. I tried to add that little bit in. Uh, Kenny, if you're listening to this, I don't know why, what, what you're doing, wasting your time.
4: Uh, Kenny, if you're listening to this, slide into DM, Dean's DMs because you'll make his life.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, that's funny. I've been thinking about sliding into his, but um, just to be friends. Me. You know, nothing more. Fully platonic. Maybe we could go out and play some, uh, some naked volleyball together. I, uh, I don't know. Kalen might
4: have some competition
2: yeah i'm a sucker for a guy with tattoos It's really all it is anyways i'm gonna get uh i'm gonna get out of here before we say anything else so stick around through the break we're gonna have hannah burner from um summer house coming up next after this
3: Go to Walmart.com slash Black & Unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine.
2: True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard.
0: The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Find Love at First Sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now.
2: Well, Kalen. I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable.
4: I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches.
0: There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residence. Learn more and plan your trip at Rico.com.
2: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. We are joined by the one, the only, the hilarious Hannah Burner from Summerhouse. Hannah, how are you?
5: Thanks for having me, guys. I'm ready to talk some serious shit about love.
2: Oh, great. Hey, question. I I know you're not returning to the next season of Summer House. Do you hate mm-hmm. it when people say Hannah from Summer House?
5: No, no, because I was okay. from Summer House. It's also like when people recognize me, though, it's like Summer House. And it's like it's a part of who I am. It's a part of my journey.
2: It, you want to know what's going to be great, though, in 10 years when your journey has evolved so greatly that people will forget entirely about the fact that you were on four years of Summer House.
5: Well, it's funny. The whole concept of people forgetting is scary, but there's also like a beautifulness about it where like something bad happens during a season, people forget very quick or like even when something good happens, people forget. Um, you have to remember that, that everything's always changing. I think that's how you survive in this industry because it's crazy town.
2: I guess I guess I might have misspoke a little bit. What I meant was people remember <laughs> you for greater things rather than your appearance on Summer House for a few seasons.
5: Thanks, honey. I appreciate
2: yes, you. Yes. And okay, so for the record, for the listeners out there, Hannah and I are not strangers. We met uh, about a week ago in New York for the US <laughs> We Open. go way back. We go way back. Yes, that's right. We took a tennis lesson together. Um, <laughs> and so the reason for that, Caitlin obviously is a big tennis fan. And uh, we were out there with Wilson. And Hannah is a collegiate athlete who played tennis in college. So she of course, was out there with Wilson. But I, I got to ask, so you left early because you had to fly to, I think it was Kansas City for a stand-up comedy show.
5: Yes. How did that go? It went great. Amazing barbecue. Um, real quick, though, Jared, um, Dean showed up to this Wilson event wearing flip-flops. Is this something <laughs> that he all would the do? Man does. Is this He's, on brand he's the, for the type him? of guy
4: that if he lived in <laughs> Buffalo in February, he'd be wearing flip-flops outside because his like, feet don't yeah. get cold. I'm like, get out of here! I was like,
5: I thought this was a character they were putting together on, you know, The Bachelor, <laughs> no. but no, that's just real. He could have He was ready to climb something. He was ready to like hike.
2: Oh yeah, he was. He was ready to just stroll on the beach. That's what he was doing.
5: Very yeah. topical.
2: So, so Kaylin and I are staying in this hotel in Italy right now, and in the oh, hotel are like a five star Michelin restaurant, and we go up to uh, check in for a reservation. <laughs> And I'm wearing flip flops, and the guy <laughs> goes, "The guy goes, you can't come in here with flip flops." And I was like, "These are literally the only shoes that I have with me. Like, I, I have, I can come in barefoot. Would that be better for you?" And they like pulled the manager over, and they're like, "Okay, they let me come in, fortunately, but they were like very not happy about you it." You
5: were like, "These are high quality, versatile yeah. flip flops.
2: These are sixty dollars Tivas, okay?"
5: Hey, got it. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, stand up has been kind of my. Like healing process through like being on reality TV. Reality TV is obviously great, but people see you, you know, through such a lens and behind a screen, and stand up is very like raw. I think that's why we love podcasts too, reality TV people, because you get to just like be very outgoing and raw and let people see a lot of different sides to you.
4: Yeah, you get to be the center of attention, which is what we all love. I mean, I just let's want to be, be
5: heard in as many <laughs> yeah. different places as possible. I have possible. a story
4: and I want to tell it.
5: <laughs> yeah. So, and stand up, you just like, it's all about like telling the truth and, and calling people out on the truth and just saying the things people are afraid to say. So I've, I've been really enjoying having that outlet.
4: Well, Hannah, I can't help but notice you have an engagement ring on your hand. And oh, yes. I heard that you just got engaged. So first of all, congratulations. But you came you. on the podcast and you were like, I'm ready to talk some shit about love. <laughs> so I hope you're happy. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause um, I was 29 years old In this room, when quarantine first hit, living with my parents, very single. I was like FaceTiming with this like former football guy who was partying in Miami every night. And then I was like still talking to the guy who I was on a reality TV show with, which like I knew was not going to end well, but but we were going to see what was going to happen. And then this guy DM'd me. We went on a date and it all happened. And then six months I was engaged. So... All my material, my stand-up material, was about being single, mm. and then I got engaged in six months. And then I have to be like, "Yeah, I know about love." When it's like, "Yeah, I don't. you're like my career's
4: <laughs> over. It's done."
5: i My mom actually pulled me aside once. She was like, "I know you're used to being like the single, outgoing, wild, whatever, <laughs> but it's like you're not that person anymore. Like you're evolving, and you can't keep making tweets about how guys are garbage." You know?
4: Was that scary <laughs> for you?
5: Um. It's scary because I wasn't anticipating getting married. I never uh-huh. thought about marriage that, month, that much. I wasn't forced to on a show be like, can you see yourself being a, living the rest of your life with this person? Like I was yeah, very... and you're like,
4: I don't know where I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> can we focus on that first?
5: I was very career obsessed. Also like Bravo love, single Hannah. I, I love flirting and I loved kind of twist, like changing the narrative where like girls could, you know, start a conversation and like you don't have to wait around for guys and you can hook up with a male model if you want and do your thing so this was kind of off-brand for me to get engaged um it was terrible (laughs) for my brand it was super bad for my brand
2: right right so how how have your jokes shifted on this on the stand-up for it then
5: so i started making jokes about well the engagement process you guys you're not engaged though dean are you
2: uh i'm very much committed to my girlfriend yeah okay this guy
4: just loves living in a cloud of mystery
5: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't mean to put you on the spot i just didn't want to get it wrong it's not you it's him hey
2: it's my my (laughs) podcast happens every single week
5: (laughs) he's like we are in a beautiful connected soul and don't worry about it um but being engaged i feel like it's a kind of old school thing where like one day a guy's supposed to just get on his knee and ask you to spend the rest of your life with him. And they make it like it's this romantic, beautiful surprise when like, I don't think engagements are actually in the real life like that. You have to Mm. talk shit out. You have to be like, is this, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Guys don't know what ring you want. You have to figure out what ring you want. You have to hint them what ring you want. You also, there's just so many things that like aren't romantic about it. And then also joking about not knowing any this guy outside of global pandemic. Like that's when I met him. So I'm like, what if I go to a restaurant with him and people are singing happy birthday and he like joins in? Like this could be really bad.
4: <laughs> this could be detrimental to our relationship.
5: Yeah, exactly. What if this is
2: the kind of guy that claps on the airplane?
5: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was worried about that. And then I joke about him. He's 45. He's the oldest guy I've ever been with.
2: You you see, just judging by what we've seen on TV, it seems like you like to skew a little older.
5: Well, yeah, I guess I have, but I've never gone forty-five. Like I've never was one of those girls who was, you know, obsessed with a zaddy. Um, yeah. But then I, but I've always liked boys. That's been consistent with me. But I found a retired boy, so I've been yeah. Working see, on that's that. what
4: you got to go for if you like <laughs> yeah, the I just f got boy. So excited. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like because the f boy is the f boy in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Maybe early thirty you know, early thirties, and then starts changing his ways in his late thirties, late forties. So, pff, you got him in his peak post f boy years.
5: He just became exhausted <clears throat> and needed someone to save him. But I, I joke like I don't know if I met him when he was thirty that it would have worked out. But now it's like he's not chasing women on the streets anymore. He's on the verge of arthritis, so he just <laughs> fell into my hands.
2: I don't. I don't want to be that guy. But if you met him when you were thirty, you would have been. Twelve years old, so <laughs> definitely wouldn't have worked out.
5: Very valid point, but I feel like if we were the same age, I mean, guys mature later. But there's two mm-hmm. kinds of relationships. Like my parents met early, and they really like grew up together. Where I've kind of found this like fully cooked man, where like the exes did a lot of the work for me, and I just have to make a couple edits, you know
2: yeah yeah that's i mean that's in a way in a wonderful way that's a really cool way of looking at it i fully agree so i gotta ask what was it about him specifically that kind of made you so certain about it
5: i love that you guys are so into love it's it's so adorable
2: well
4: you know the title of the podcast
5: (laughs) (laughs) it's imperfect it's imperfectly perfect the journey of love i feel like with him he i really like respected his brain i feel like i'll meet a lot of guys who are my age and it's not like they're stupid or anything but i'll just be like i don't think he's he's like trying to improve himself or like i don't know if he's like actually reflected on shit in life like some guys have squirrel brains when they're younger i do think guys emotionally mature later i don't know am i just insulting yeah. you guys right now I feel no bad. not at all i thought you were gonna say
4: <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you know when i meet guys my age they're not stupid But they're dumb as hell.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But it's not even intellectually. It's more like you can tell they don't want to settle down. They don't care to like Mm -hmm. connect in some ways. And that's fine. I was emotionally unavailable too for a while to protect myself. So then I'd find the other emotionally unavailable people. And we'd just be like emotionally unavailable, which is just like a form of protecting yourself and being scared. But Mm -hmm. I met this guy who kind of like, I think he knew what he wanted. So like a couple weeks in, he was like, yeah, I could see myself marrying you. And I like didn't know how to handle it because I'm so used to having to play it cool and the guy playing it cool. And then you have to play little tricks on each other to show you're not that into it until someone gets the balls to be like, I'm into it. So the fact this guy was like, yeah, I'm really into you. I was like, that's so hot just for someone to know that they're into someone. Mm -hmm. And then I got vulnerable and I realized, oh my God, I've never been vulnerable. Like I'm always the sarcastic, like keep you guessing, like you don't really know what's going on with me. My I grew up with my dad being like, don't let guys distract you. I just kind of like always had a. But this guy was like, yeah, I want to be with you. And then when you're secure enough in yourself, you don't push it away, and you're like, that's hot. That he sees something in me that he likes. And then with him, he was just very interesting. Like he's traveled the world. He's he speaks a lot of languages. He's it's very, very funny with the same dark sense of humor. Um, when we first met, I actually, like, within the first five minutes, I kind of knew he was going to be a good one.
4: Trouble?
5: Um, I, <laughs> I'll lead you into the story. I got into, like, a fight <laughs> with my dad. My dad wanted to go golfing, and his tea time, this is, like, white people problems, but his tea time was literally right when we were about to, I was about to be dropped off to my date with des and i hadn't on a date in like six months and my dad's like oh i'm dropping you off 30 minutes early because i have a tea time and i'm like dad i'm trying to find <laughs> love and you and mom have each other and i've been alone for six months and he's like whatever he drops me off and it's like 95 degrees i'm sweating shouldn't have worn jeans and i'm pissed at my dad and we hadn't fought that often in quarantine but i was not happy and Des my fiance picks me up and i was like I'm so mad at my dad. Like, I didn't even pretend to, like, have it together on the first day. I was like, I'm so mad at my dad. It's so annoying. And he looks at me and he goes, at least your parents are alive. <laughs>
4: I mean, that's one point. way of looking at it.
5: I just started dying laughing. And I realized in that moment, like, that was a test. Like, if I had been like, that's not funny, like... over but immediately we just started laughing over his like sick dark humor and i immediately felt comfortable um so humor has a really great way of breaking the ice and seeing seeing kind of what level of sick humor you have
4: yeah humor really brings us together i feel
5: yeah because it's all about like relatability like do you think have you experienced this and do you have the same reaction
4: there's something uh visceral about making someone laugh or someone making you laugh
5: yeah, I mean on a date it's you're so controlled. Yeah, you're so controlled on a date trying to say the right things and if they can make you laugh it's almost like an orgasm. 100%.
4: Yeah, it's wow. just a, it's a reaction, you know, something that you can't control. And uh Jared, yeah. it's like
2: jared's Jared, it's, we've established it. it's like an orgasm. Yeah, you <laughs> <point. That's, laughs> put it perfectly. I got to ask. Okay, so you said now that you've clarified that uh, engagements or, I'm sorry, proposals are not romantic. Yeah. We got to ask, what was the proposal like between you and Des?
5: great question so he
2: how did you how did you experience it
5: well he would joke that he wanted to marry me so then i would joke and i started sending him rings and then he responded like got it on it and i didn't know if he was joking or not so our whole thing was like a bit to be honest and then
2: (laughs) you i gotta interject real quick you're gonna have like five kids one day and he's gonna be like yeah let's pump out number six and you're gonna be like oh Hilarious joke. Yeah, this is the funniest ongoing prank of all time.
5: (laughs) Actually, every now and then, I'm like, Is this real? Is he for real with this? Where's the punchline? No, but he, he actually, I was at my parents' house and my dad was talking to him in the other room. And then he walked in the other room where I could hear him and he said to my mom, I said, No, ha 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 ha, like joking. And I was like, He's being sarcastic. Des just asked him like for the blessing or whatever they do oh wow so i mean i feel like girls know like i feel like i mean with your show you guys scare the shit out of the girls but i feel like in most normal situations the girl can sense something's going on our final oh, yeah so also they don't talk about engagements it's like most of the time you know and if you don't know that's so weird to like have to consent right. to spending the rest of your life with someone
2: i know it's almost kind of messed up
5: Right, and then also what I think is messed up, if we're getting here, how like he's walking around. I have this this ring on, this shiny thing. He distracted me with, and he's walking around like he's single. And I was yeah, like, I want to. I was like, I want to get you a ring, and he's like, No, they will look ugly. I'm like, Exactly. I need people not be into you.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, sh- <laughs> you need to put a ring on it. Make sure everybody knows that you're my man.
5: It's it's, it's very old school. I feel like, but anyway.
4: Yeah, it so- is kind of weird uh, when you think about proposals. You're like, oh, you're going to spend the rest of your life with me. And it's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to want in 20 years. What if I change my mind?
5: (laughs) No, it's so weird. And I guess because he's older, he kind of knew what he wanted. Um, But when I was at Summer House, I had just met him two weeks before. And we were into each other. But like, I don't really know the guy, but I kept calling him at night. And I was would cry, we'd have phone sex, we'd talk about life, like we, we'd go on full journeys from like midnight to 4am and then I'd have to film the next day, very sleep deprived. Um, but you guys have seen your significant others in the trenches of reality TV pressure and that's like how he met me. And I would argue I'm not a big crier, I'm actually not, I do like drama, but I'm not normally the cause of it. <laughs> Part of me was like, maybe he saw me at this like crazy vulnerable state that he like made him fall for me. Cause I have a stand-up joke. I called him every night being like, I just fought with 13 people and there's only seven on the cast. And he was like, That's wiping material. (laughs) Like, do you guys feel like you would have fallen for your significant others if you hadn't seen them like crying and being really raw? Or was it just like a more difficult journey to get there? Cause you guys had to deal with serious drama to get there.
2: I mean, uh, hey, I appreciate you turning this around on the host and asking us questions. That's phenomenal. Um, I think I think Jared can relate pretty heavily to that because you've seen Ashley through the highs and lows, uh, through a lot of things, mm-hmm. and I think that not despite all of that stuff, but like you found it, kind of found the beauty in all of it, and you came back to it uh, and realized that's the person that you love.
4: I think for us, I'm not sure if reality TV helped or hurt us. It was mm. just kind of there because honestly, you know, we started falling in love with each other more so uh, off the show. When like, I I remember the first time where I saw Ashley, you know, with her family and hanging out in her, you know, environment and feeling comfortable and confident and watching football with her. And then that's when I could start really picturing her life with her. Uh, It wasn't so much on the show, so.
5: That's really interesting though.
4: Yeah, I don't know if it was, like, the show that was, like, oh, because you guys went through this crazy thing together, that's why you fell in love with the, one another. I was, like, I don't yeah. know. I think it was more of, like, the low-key t- type of stuff. But you're right. Like, the show definitely makes you face your uh, – your um, not face your fears, but, you know, yeah, face your demons more. Yeah. You have to, like, discuss things that you usually wouldn't discuss – than normal every day to life yeah
5: and i joke how like the bachelor often doesn't work because like you're put on a beautiful island with like a mandolin player and like it's so romantic where like relationships are actually about that day-to-day sitting on the couch and like also are you good right. at fighting like can you put together an ikea couch together and stuff and like right. can you go to the very together? important things yes the mundane
4: I think we're also seeing it specifically in bachelor these times. I don't know if you watch the show, but mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to be said that people want to be in a bachelor relationship. Like I think there are a lot of people who prioritize being a bachelor couple rather than just a couple. Well,
2: I think that extends further on that just kind of goes along with being in a television relationship because there's like a monetary gain behind it.
4: I totally. Think. I'm it's only yeah. focusing on the bachelor cause obviously we're from the franchise and yeah, that's, yeah. but you're absolutely right. That's all over TV.
5: Ugh, no, I know yeah, yeah. it makes me mm-hmm. nauseous cause like, yeah, I've never been in a public relation. This is like my second public relationship. And to have people like betting on how long it's going to last and to have people like <laughs> straight up judging, like who you should be with, like that's shit's crazy. And like when I, people are mean to me online, but when someone's mean to Des, I get so upset. And then I feel like it's my fault because I brought him on the show. Yeah. Like these are the stuff that you guys have to deal with as reality TV couples. Like people well, don't understand. I think it's hard.
2: I mean, I, I agree, but I, I want to come back to something that we talked about when we met in New York. Was you were saying how I don't want to, I don't want to overstep my boundaries, but you were saying how you're in you know post reality TV therapy, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing, and I think we should always uh, advocate for therapy. Yeah. I, I think it, it doesn't it's not just the the TV couples; it's every TV individual because you're put under a certain amount of scrutiny, and you have to deal with a lot of things that you never had to deal with before. So you're saying a lot about uh, couples, but I think ninety nine point nine percent of that stuff pertains to the individual as well. Um, and I just want to touch on one thing real quick. You were talking about, uh, you know, everyone kind of being in the, uh, stressful environment of being on reality TV. And like, how could anyone love you in that environment? And it's funny because Kaylin, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, she, you know, she, uh, has been on reality TV a couple of times and she, it was very, she's very easy to stress out. She's very (laughs) stressable if you will. And she, she gets crunched under that stress very, very easily. And we constantly talk about, how much of a dream it would be for both of us to go on amazing race together and in the back of my head every single time she says it i'm like bro you know how stressed out you get about the the most (laughs) mundane insignificant things i'm like terrified to go on another tv show with you where we're racing around the world so i see your point where it's like you can find like how can you expect anyone to love you at your best when they can't even love you at your worst kind of thing Mm -hmm. but um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know I, I fully understand where you're coming from.
5: But it, yeah, it's you've seen people at such highs and lows. So it's almost like, yeah, like, I mean, Ashley like the fucking best to me. And that like, she was always so raw and so herself. Because to me, the scariest thing is someone's not being authentic with you. And like, oh. you knew you'd never, you'd never have to worry about that with her.
4: Ashley is the definition <laughs> of what you see is what you get. It is mm-hmm. in Sane because people, you know, ask me all the time, What's Ashley really like? And it's like, you know, if you've seen the show or follow her on Instagram, you know exactly what she's like.
5: And it's funny, as someone who, like, I'm not known to cry a lot, I actually like try not to cry. I did reality TV, and I'm actually a highly sensitive person. If you're not crying during reality TV, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a psycho. <laughs> like, she was just being uh, fully human and stuff. So, anyway, shout out to Ashley. I guess
2: I agree with that. I, I I'm Dean, you've of this cried? Disney. Yeah, you've cried on TV.
5: Dean, you cried.
2: On TV? Oh, I've cried. Well, I, I don't want to talk about me crying. <laughs> i got to ask. Okay, so... Hannah, you said that you guys when you and Dez on your first date, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you love to emphasize the dark humor. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a point where you guys have like drawn a line or is everything fair game for you guys?
5: Oh, very valid question. I feel like some of our fights in the beginning was because he would like poke at something as a joke, but like kind of being serious and I'd be like, "You know that hurts my feelings." And he'll be like, "I'm joking. It's comedy." And I'd be like, yeah, I know what comedy is. So we'd like have that back and forth. And then I'd say something like that. I know pushes buttons, but I'm like, I'm joking. So that's annoying. We do that to each other. So
2: so (laughs) let's expand upon that because (laughs) exactly what you just said is exactly how Kaylin and I treat each other all the time as well. So have you have you worked past it? Is there a workaround? Is there a solution? Like what what's your solution to all that stuff?
5: Well, I love being with someone who busts my balls. Like I love to poke fun, and if you can't like poke fun back, I get bored. But it's like I finally met my match, where he like will make me upset sometimes. I think it's like <laughs> like being corny for a second and being like. Like he'll, he'll, he'll joke about like my last season on reality TV and be like, maybe if you didn't do this. And I'm like, I haven't it's recovered from that yet. Like I'm still yeah, working on that. I
4: need time. The wound is time. still open.
5: You have to, I think you just over communicate and you're not like being lame by being like, that's not funny, but you also don't have to fight about it. Like he'll joke. Cause I always joke about like my tennis career and he'll make a joke about my tennis career. And I'll be like, I could joke about it. You can't yeah you're not allowed that hurt um so I think a lot of relationships I've been reading a lot about the stages of relationships where like at first it's the honeymoon that's what everyone knows about but no one talks about like the boundary seeking moment. so like Mm -hmm. Dean it's like a lot of boundary pushing where you guys are just kind of pushing boundaries to find like where you exist and I think just being vulnerable every now and then and being like like you know that they weren't trying to hurt you you know they just went a little too far. So just being like, hurt my I've feelings. been
4: finding these boundaries out. I remember Ashley, this was earlier this year, uh, <laughs> before, before she was pregnant. And it, uh, it was uh, like, I'm self-conscious about getting pale during the winter because I feel <laughs> I know it sounds so stupid, but it's just an insecurity of mine because I feel like I look like a different human being when I'm pale. <laughs> and I feel, I feel much more confident when I have color. So anyway, I walked into the living room one day and Ashley was like, wow, you look really pale today. And I was like, yeah, well, you look really pimply today. And she started crying. And I was like, oh, my I, gosh. I was like, I didn't. She's like, you know, it's an insecurity of mine. I know I have bad skin. I was like, I'm sorry. I was just, <laughs> you know, I'm insecure
5: about being pale. I You was- don't not like her pimples, but in the moment, it, oh, it
4: was like, oh, my God god
2: jared she started it so like good on you man
5: that was my point exactly
4: but she said it was more hurtful and then she called her mom and asked her mom (laughs) what was more hurtful and i'm like jesus ashley please for the love of god put the phone down keep this
5: between us oh my god i love that after a fight or whatever calling the mom and being like who is actually in the wrong
4: oh we don't have a fight (laughs) just between her and i it, like, involves the entire family. She's got to call her sister. <laughs> she calls her mom. She's And then, like, she'll start saying it on the phone. And, like, I'm giving her a look as if, like, hey, this is our stuff. Don't. And she's just like, what? They don't care. And I'm like, I care. I care.
5: Okay? I and care. they don't know, like, the depth of what actually happens behind no, closed doors. Nobody knows context. Yeah. And I don't want to throw you guys into the fire again. But I would love to watch, a, like, after the Bachelor show of, like, Dean and Kaylin running around the mountains and then, like, you guys, like, fighting while she's, like, eating ice cream pregnant. Like, that's what I want to watch.
2: Jared, you guys should make a show like that. I know. <laughs> we should call it What Now? What? <laughs> hey, uh, Hannah, inside joke. Uh, Jared did actually make a show about that.
4: It was years ago. It was a digital show. but. Oh, wow. uh,
2: we're still waiting for the uh, the second season to be greenlit.
5: Well, That's there were some,
4: some issues with it, which I don't think legally we can talk about. But I digress.
5: <laughs> can I Can I ask you guys a question, too, that I feel like only you'd understand? Please. Bachelor Nation is very, like, there's couples of the moment. Is it weird mm. to, like, be in a couple and be, like, hot and everyone's talking about it? And then, like, you're not as relevant. And then like something happens again and you're hot again. Like, isn't that weird as a couple to deal with the like ups and downs of you being an item for people to like get excited or not excited about?
2: I'll I'll handle this one first. So I remember uh, when I was going to therapy, my therapist specifically said that I have a, I have an issue with being comfortable and I, anytime anything like becomes, you know, like, expected or like plateaued I find a way to like pull myself down like find a way to like die bomb everything just so I can regain back to just where I was initially mm-hmm. so I feel like that's kind of how I'm in, I am in relationships too where like everything's going great and I'm like man this is just boring let's go ahead and this up really bad mm-hmm. and see if we can just dig ourselves out of the hole and see what you're happens you're
5: like comfortable with chaos uh
2: well it's not so much the chaos I think what it is and my my therapist put this pretty well And she said it was a huge issue and I'm still working through it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not proud of this. Um, She said that uh, I've got a real, I've got like an addiction to proving to myself that I can do certain things, you know? So Mm. it's like, I used to like make myself go broke all the time just to like pull myself out of that financial hole, like that kind of stuff. (laughs) I mean,
4: that's one way to go through life.
2: (laughs) It's still, it's, it's frustrating because it's like, so just ingrained in me. Um, I will say the, there's been like a semi cure to that like a band-aid i guess you could say is that band-aid called kalen <laughs> no this band that band is called help i suck at dating because oh, okay. every week jared asks me questions that uh, i give answers to that are very dumb and <laughs> they take a very small bit of context and they put a headline up and then it's all of a sudden become you know us weekly not that those are big headlines or anything like that but uh hey it gets us more
4: listeners <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're right exactly so to, to your question. Um, having a podcast about dating while you're dating someone kind of helps keep that, uh, I don't want to say like interest out there, mm-hmm. but it allows me to put my foot in my mouth enough times to where, uh, it, it doesn't happen quite as frequently, I guess, yeah. if you will. But
5: it's funny because sometimes when you're doing your best is when you're the most boring to the public.
2: Oh, hundred percent. Oh my God. A thousand
4: percent.
5: <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. Cause I, it's like only you guys will understand this. Oh,
4: do you know how many conversations Ashley and I have had where it's like, we have nothing to post. (laughs) This is, we've got nothing.
2: We are so boring. Dude, I, so, okay, so reverse like 10, maybe like 12 years. I was in college and I was dating this girl and I like, I can't remember what it was. I think I called her boring or something. And she was, she said in response, she goes, literally the worst insult you could ever tell me is that I'm boring. And I've that stuck with me so much. I would way rather – I would be anything else in the entire world. I don't want to be boring. So, like, as long as I can avoid being boring, I'm totally okay with it.
5: But I also think people don't talk enough about how, like, the dopamine does change. Like, mm-hmm. it always does. And I'm a big romantic, and, like, I love having butterflies and stuff. But, like, you have to accept at some point that, like, re- long-term relationships when you're married – are not full of those highs, and they're full of like more like the calmness. And um, I recently watched a TikTok about this, um, <laughs> so it's legit. I did a
2: lot of research on this topic. Yeah,
5: I keep getting these ADHD TikToks, but someone was basically like, "Your brain gets more stimulated with negativity rather than positivity," which was like yeah. fascinating to me. So you're just like you when things are too calm and positive, you like will make it up. To be more stimulated, which is, Dean, kind of what you were saying.
4: I think we see that in society. It's just not like a human thing. I think we're always constantly looking for something.
5: The news is like, yeah, King got saved, but look at all these burning bushes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: And, you know, the best piece of advice I ever got with dealing with love, or one of the best pieces of advice, was uh, somebody said, don't forget, the person that you marry is going to be the person that you have a conversation with every day for the rest of your life and don't forget about that so that was always that always stuck in the back of my mind but hannah thank you so much for joining us
2: i gotta i just gotta say one more thing i gotta i gotta commend hannah real quick because and then and then i'll take us to the break don't you worry jared i just gotta say (laughs) props to hannah for watching a tiktok learning something (laughs) and saying you learned it from a tiktok because if it was me I would have a thousand percent said I read a journal on Wall Street or an article on Wall Street (laughs) Journal about this. I read an article in Science Today. You said exactly what it is. Uh, I never would have said TikTok. I would have been like, I read this in The New York Times or something It's because
5: if it's wrong, I could just blame TikTok. But can I ask you guys (laughs) one more question? Yeah. So I met this guy. I filmed a reality TV show. And he knows me four or five months for who I am. And then the reality TV show airs. And it's like showing sides of me that are like very cut up and weird and trying to portray a certain narrative. How did you deal with your relationships when you would have a rough season or like a rough um, portrayal on TV?
2: Mm. Jared, what do you think?
4: Uh, Just constant communication. Even when Ashley and I weren't together and we were going through the situation we went through on our second season of Paradise Together, uh, you know, we... I remember just a lot of times talking things out and just being on the phone and, you know, there's a lot of emotions and crying and why, you know, what's this or what's that? But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think as long as you're level-headed and realize that it is a reality TV show and, like, things will be taken out of context and, you know, not everything is as it seems. I mean, it's very real and raw, but, of course, like, there are moments or elements that are, of course, taken out of context. I mean, Mm. that's the show. They Mm -hmm. film three days and narrow it down to an hour and 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. I think having that understanding really helped as well.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think uh similar boat. I remember when bachelor season paradise was season six was airing and there was not like inconsistencies, but like unanswered questions. And to Jared's point, all of it is, is just like having the the gusto to go up to your partner and be like, why is this the way that it appears? And then they can explain themselves. You're like, okay, cool. I, I accept that. Why is this happening now? And as long as like everything kind of aligns in your eyes and there were moments too, especially like at the beginning of mine and Kaylin's relationship where we were Rocky to an extent. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, we were always honest with each other. I I think yeah. I, I don't obviously no, we're good. still here so I can say it went well up. How did you deal with it?
5: I, I mean, I just had, he was more just helping me with like the comments and stuff. And he'd just be like, don't listen to the comments. Cause like he knew what happened every day. I told him what in real time. So then why did he
2: cut the edit, the video that way? What do you mean? Well, you're saying – oh, you're oh, you're saying Dez is – I thought you were talking about the guy that you made the video with.
5: Oh, no, no, no. Dez was basically like, just don't listen to the comments when the show was coming out. But, like, I was losing right, right, some right. self-esteem when things were, like, going bad. And I had to be like, no, that's, like, Hannah on TV versus, like, the Hannah here. I have to believe in myself and believe I'm, like, worthy of love, even if a TV show is, like – going against that right
2: now <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely two different people it's the person on tv and the person in reality uh and it's hard to kind of under, the beauty at least for jared and i uh is that our partners were also from the same arena more or less as yeah. i know at least was on tv for a little bit yeah. but uh not to the same extent that you were so mm-hmm. i think it's a, a there's at least a little bit of a mismatch but yeah it's, i think it just comes down to communication but i will say we've gone way over our time hannah you're not coming back for summer house <laughs> season three. Is it Winterhouse now? What yeah, I think Winterhouse. So, who cares? <laughs> you're not on it. doesn't matter. Tell us Tell us what you got going on next.
5: Um. Yes, yeah, see me. Do stand up. I'm all over the place at hannahburn.com. I'm going to be in LA soon. I'll hit you guys up if you're around. I'm going to be in Buffalo, New Jersey, Florida. Who knows? So hannahburn.com and listen to my podcast, Burning in Hell and Giggly Squad, and follow me at Being Burns.
2: Nice. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Don't watch Summer House, but do all those no. things that Hannah just said to do. <laughs> uh, I know I'm going to be doing them. Support
5: reality TV.
2: That's absolutely right. <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, we can't wait to see more from you.
5: Thank you so much, guys. Sorry for going over Thanks, time. Little chatterboxes. See ya. <laughs>
3: Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine.
2: True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard.
0: The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight and honestly, the answer is yes. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now.
2: Well, Kalen. I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable.
4: I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches.
0: There's no passport required for U.S. citizens, and permanent residence. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
4: Okay, hey everybody. Scott Patterson, uh we are going to have a Milo Ventimiglia on the podcast today and we are dropping the episode immediately. We are very excited to have him. He's a he's an old and dear friend. And uh, he gave us uh, he gave us some time, which is he doesn't have any time, but he gave us some time and we really, really, really appreciate it. So we're going to do this interview with Milo uh, and we're going to drop it immediately as soon as we can get it all cobbled together. This crack team I have and we're just very, very excited about it. So anyway, listen to my podcast. I am all in right now on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts and everywhere
2: you listen
5: to podcasts.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to Help I Suck at Dating. And Jared, man, what an interview with Hannah Burner. She is something else. She's very funny. She's a character. She is a character, but beyond that, she's a human being.
4: That she is, just
2: like you and I. What (laughs) a world! Get it? We're going to get into some listener emails. Uh, I kind of wish Hannah was here to answer these emails. With that, do you
4: mind if I read it? I'm I'm in the mood. I feel like I have my reading voice on.
2: Can we call Hannah back and get her to help us answer some of these emails?
4: Well, answer, yeah, totally. I mean, she's oh. nowhere to be found. We have Riley. If Riley wants to you know, chime in and help us answer these emails, because we always need a female perspective. Okay, hey, wait, this, let's do this. Can this there we do this? she is. Riley's going to help us out with these emails. I've
2: got one request. What? We've got two emails. Let's take the time to answer one, and then let's call Hannah back oh, and God, have this- her... Hey, pipe dream. Hey, what what are we thought our pipe dreams? Let's call her and then have her help us answer the second one. What do you say? Is that crazy? Am I crazy?
4: I think you're crazy. Yeah, somebody get Hannah on the line. See if we can get her
2: to call in. No, 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 no. We'll answer. We'll answer. Me, you, and Riley will ha- capably handle this first one.
4: Yeah, that's what I mean. And then get her on the line for the second one.
2: And then okay. And then again. And then this man is how can a child. we do this? How can how can we structure this? You're right. You're right. It's probably not going to be able to happen. But it's just I I. Read the, read the email, read the email.
4: Here's the first email, of course, from <laughs> Anonymous. I have been dating my boyfriend for about a year now. When we started dating, he was really motivated to work out and was losing a lot of weight. Fast forward to now, a year later, and he's putting some of the weight on. And from what I can tell, maybe from stress eating, I'm a very healthy person who has kept a good workout regimen and a good diet all my adult life and would like a partner who does the same, which it looked like he was doing when we first met. The problem is now we're a year into this. I love him, and this is really the only problem, but it is bothering me. I don't want it to be our whole future. Thoughts? What should I do?
2: Yeah, my thought is I'm looking over to see Kalen, and I'm asking why did she email our podcast (laughs) anonymously? Stop
4: that. Dude, if you're (laughs) out of shape, then we got bigger issues.
2: Oh my gosh. No, I, uh, I say it every single week, every chance I can get, I am getting out of shape horribly. Caitlin gets hotter by the day. I get a little fatter, a little doughier. Um, I think, I think what it is is there's something about COVID and quarantine and just everything that's been happening in the world over the past year or two. That's like demotivated a lot of people. And I know because I'm one of those people that's been demotivated. Like I used to work out six times a week. I used to eat super healthy. I would drink once a week, maybe twice a week. Now I haven't, I haven't touched a, I haven't been to a weight room, a gym. I haven't gone on a run in years, and I drink five times a week. So my, my diet and lifestyle is getting worse, and my workout regimen has become non-existent, um, and so. I want you to give this guy the benefit of the doubt because I hope Kalen is also giving me the benefit of the doubt, if you will.
4: Yeah, but my question is, so is is Kalen, like, what if Kalen came up to you and said, hey, we should run together, we should work out together? Would you be offended by that? Or would you say, okay, no, I can do that?
2: Well, I know she would never, ever say that. (laughs) (laughs) Kalen has an Kalen's got eight-pack abs, and she... Loses ten pounds over the course of a month simply by willing it into existence. It's a good Maybe life. It's an age thing. She's only twenty five. Yeah, very lucky. Um, she also has. Oh, she's twenty six. She hates that. I always think she's twenty five. Uh, she's got a. She's got a far better diet than I. I do. She doesn't eat meat. She is very conscious of what she puts in her body. Yeah, and she, also, she only meets half of her meals. And whenever she does that, I eat the other half.
4: Tell her to wait till she's thirty two. As Adam Sandler said, I I have Jello and my ass jiggles for a week um so you know i think for this uh listen you can address it by not addressing it i think if you guys do workout plans together if you go on runs together you already have a very active lifestyle why not just invite him dean's shaking his head but like what are you supposed to do what if you know this is very important to her she wants a a partner who's very much into a healthy lifestyle like she is invite him to a run invite him to if you live in LA Laurel Canyon you guys can hike together it'll be a grand old day then you can have a nice dinner in the park
2: yeah I think as long as it's not like overboard like as long as he's not becoming like morbidly obese I would say just kind of like like you're saying take him on hikes every once in a while I like sometimes I wish Kalen would more be more like let's go climb this mountain let's go climb that rock but at the end of the day it's like I love her for the person that she is. And so I think that maybe this anonymous person needs to be like more accepting of her boyfriend for being a little chunky. All right, Riley, do
4: you have any thoughts?
5: I think she's being a little harsh. I know it's been an amount of time, but I I agree. I think she should give him some slack with everything that's been going on. And I think she's like taking to extreme that she thinks this is going to be forever. Like maybe just look at it as like a season instead of
1: his forever lifestyle.
0: And quarantine
2: has not helped. Dude, it's so funny, too, because I'm sure we can all attest to the same thing where it's like at the beginning of quarantine, February or what would it be like April 2020? Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to use these three months to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to work out every morning. I'm going to eat healthy. All of a sudden, four months later, you're like, oh, my God, I've gained 20 pounds. What am I doing? So I I agree with Riley. It's a season. It's a phase. It's going to pass. If he had that mindset when you guys first met, he'll find that mindset again, hopefully, if he wants to enough. I know, again, personally drawing from my own experiences, I know that I need to get back in the gym. And I am ready to get back in the gym. And it's just a matter of time, right? So it's like hopefully in this case, this guy is just a matter of time to get back in the gym and getting, restoring his body back to how it used to be.
4: All right. Our second email, of course, comes from,
2: you guessed it. Anonymous?
4: Yes. Good job. <laughs> Two <laughs> no, points for Gryffindor.
2: Before we answer this email, I want to call Hannah back, and we're going to answer this email with Hannah. Okay? I mean, are you going to call her? I'm going to call her right now. Do you even have service? Where the hell are you? I am going to
4: call her. Everyone stand by. We're standing. Can You You got to put it on speaker and put it right next to the mic. We want to be able to hear this conversation. There it is. There it is. I can hear it ringing, now.
2: Hello? Hey, Hannah, sorry. Um, we know you let you go, but we got to bring you back for this last email. It, it, it's got your name written all over it, and we couldn't answer it without you. So do you mind?
5: Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it.
4: Dean's had Sick. 72 glasses of wine, and he refused <laughs> to do another email without you. So I'm so glad you're back.
5: It's okay. I don't have anything better to do today. Let's do it.
4: Perfect. Well, this one is from Anonymous. So we have this joke going on, Hannah, that Anonymous is actually Nick and then he just He just emails us constantly, all yeah. the time.
5: I saw Nick on TikTok recently. He's all over
4: uh, TikTok. He
2: does a great job. Yeah. What do we think of his TikToks? Can we I, before we get into Anonymous's TikTok? What do we think of Nick? Well, TikTok? I'm his, really happy
5: his... that Nick found someone because he was confusing my ass when he was like basically explaining love to everyone, and I'm like, "But Nick, you haven't found it. Right. So what's going on?" But then he found it, so now I'm like, he's the love guru.
4: And she's awesome. And yeah. seeing, I w- like seeing the way he is now. So with Nick and Dean can attest to this, there are times where Nick is like peak Nick and he's so, he's great to be around, you know, cause like Nick sometimes isn't the best to be around. Cause like he knows (laughs) it. He can be like detached and like not self-aware and be on his phone constantly. Mm -hmm. And, and, but there are moments where Nick is just amazing. And you're like, that's the guy, that's the guy I love. And that's the guy I'm friends with. He is that guy all the time now because of her
5: well I've actually I've met Nick a couple times and one thing I really love about him is he tells it like it is and uh, (laughs) (laughs) I respect that a lot in a person
2: He tells it how it is, and he always has his shirt off on social <laughs> media, yeah. hey, hey, listen, if I had self-aware
4: abs like him,
5: about it. he's self aware. <laughs> so,
2: he,
4: yes, has, he, he is, yes, he is, yes, so that's the beard. Is the beard was such a game changer for that guy, yeah. man. Yeah. I wish I could grow a beard like him. Instead, I got my patchy.
2: <laughs> all <laughs> right, Jared, do, do you want to read this email? Do you want me to read it? How do you want to do that? Uh,
4: I got it ready. All right. So this is from anonymous. Hi, I'm in a tricky situation. I've been single for most of my life, then started dating more when I was 29, then met my current boyfriend that year. We met on Hinge and have been together for a year this month. I'll be honest. I didn't expect it to last more than just a few months. He was super keen after the second date, but he's so different from who I would normally be interested in. So it took me a little bit longer to get there. We've been talking about marriage, uh, We've been talking about marriage since fairly early on in our relationship, and he pretty much said he's ready to propose when I say I'm ready. He's 33, and I'm 30 now. I'm just not sure if this is it. It doesn't feel how I thought it would, and I'm not sure if that's just because society, chick chick flicks, set you up with unrealistic expectations, or because I'm very careful with big decisions. I'm not sure if I should be waiting until I feel, quote, in love, or how to know if it's right
5: wow
2: yeah so i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna tee this off real quick i know it's a little different because hannah you were head over heels with Dez right away from meeting him but a lot of the other things line up pretty well with your situation so yeah i just want to tee that up for you and i would love for you to just kind of
5: no i totally get it that. where i i've dated a lot and then like met someone who was serious but getting married is a serious thing and i think i got excited with all like the butterflies and i was deeply in love with this guy i think with her fucking wait. There's no rush and like, keep experiencing him, keep learning about him. And um, I say, make an educated decision. And if I just believe in your gut and she sounds a little scared and I don't think you should force yourself until like, but also people do joke like, or they say, you're gonna know, you're gonna know. No one a hundred percent ever knows. Yeah, It's always a little bit of a risk. So I think that she gives herself more time what do you guys think?
2: I got to say too, one of the biggest detriments to relationships in society in general is that mindset where it's like, when you know, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, like this person said, anonymous said, like there's like a romance idea of how your relationship should be. And 99 out of hundred times, it's not going to be that way. Mm-hmm. And people like expect it to be that way. And when it's not, they get scared and run away. So it's like, it's just not, it's just not, it's not going to be that way. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, if you like this person enough, to spend every day with them and know that you're going to spend every day with them. Like Jared said earlier, it's like, you're going to have a conversation with this person for the rest of your life. Like if you can see that happening, that should be enough more or less to at least give it a fair chance. Yeah. Um, so I fully agree. Take your time. Marriage is a big decision. And in, in, you know, in an ideal world, we're all going to get married once and that's the end of it. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately we don't live in that ideal world, but do your best to make sure that that decision is the best decision for you. And yeah. like you said, no rush, Just have fun with it and understand that just because you don't have like these intense butterflies, love at first sight feeling doesn't mean that this isn't your forever person.
4: Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, it's if you really want to know, I feel like you should break up with the person. If you can't stop thinking about them, then you know that you don't want to go on in life without them. But that's also a big risk. Wait, You're saying break up. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying it's an option (laughs) on the table
5: and see if you feel like you lost the love of your life
4: i mean isn't it who whose song is that where it's like the only way to know is to let it go i think that's oh, like wow. sarah Bareilles. so maybe you shouldn't take i gotta, I gotta advice say on that. no
2: i gotta say anonymous Jared, I appreciate what you're doing. You're playing devil's advocate, but it, that's the dumbest advice you've ever given, man. I'm just that's saying, like...
4: what happens if they break up and now she knows? He goes, Mur-
5: murder him. Murder him. Is... See if it <laughs> hurts. See if you feel anything when he's yeah, dead. Yeah, if you feel
4: pain, then you know you made a mistake.
2: Jared, that is super toxic. Don't break up with a guy just to see if you're not, if you can't get, live life without him. That's such bad advice. All Please right, do not listen right. to that
4: advice. He's
5: like, lock him in the basement. Don't feed yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. If you feel bad.
4: Just put the TV on. He'll be fine. You give them three meals a day and then you wait it out two weeks. And then if you want to move on, you can. And if not, then you might be in jail for a
2: little while, but it's totally worth it in the end.
5: Dina, let me call Jared toxic.
2: <laughs> oh, well, no, he's not toxic, but that was very toxic piece of advice that he just gave. Uh, fair so point. please don't do that. Anyways, definitely don't do that. And thank you so much for joining us for that call. I, I'm sorry for taking you away from, uh, from your uh, uh, skincare routine. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that. We appreciate you again. Uh, please go to hannahburner.com to follow where she's going to be next. That's hannah, B-E-R-N-E-R.com, or just follow her on social media. That's also a good solution. Um, Thank you to everyone else. Jared, of course, Hannah, Riley, Easton, Mark, everyone else at iHeartRadio. Thank you. Tune in next week where maybe we suck just a little bit less. Follow help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: Love at First Sight still exists. It's available at your local shelter. This June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too.
0: Visit pedigree.com adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions.
2: Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name.